Welcome to Catalytic Leadership, the podcast designed to help leaders intentionally grow and thrive. Here is your host, author and leadership and executive coach, Dr. William Attaway. Hey, it's William, and welcome to episode four of our first season of the Catalytic Leadership Podcast. Each week, we tackle a topic related to the field of leadership. My goal is to ensure that you have actionable steps that you can take from each episode to grow in your own leadership. As has been said many times by Craig Groeschel, when a leader gets better, everybody benefits. Your team, your department, your customers, your clients, your spouse, your kids, everybody. I'm excited as we continue this new journey together, so let's jump right in. Today we're going to talk about a topic that doesn't always excite everyone who hears the word, but one that I believe is critical to success and development as a leader. We're going to talk about evaluation. Mark Miller said, improvement is impossible if you just do what you've always done. Progress always requires change. Change is not optional for growth, is it? It's absolutely required. But how do you know what change is needed? Evaluation. Evaluation is critical to ongoing learning and success. I say so often, experience doesn't make you better. Evaluated experience is what makes you better. People around me can finish that before I even finish saying it sometimes. Too many people look at resume entries and assume evaluation is part of everyone's learning process. Well, they've got 12 years of experience in this field or in this position. (laughs) Not necessarily. This person might just have one year's experience repeated 12 times, learning next to nothing along the way, but just repeating the same things again and again. Real Honest, ruthless evaluation is the only way we get better. Football coaches know this. That's why they set up time each week to review video footage of the previous week's game, analyzing the great plays, the errors, and what to focus on in that week's practices. They can also evaluate the other team through video, looking for weaknesses and points where they can capitalize on a hole in their defense or a weak offensive play. Military leaders know this too. It's why they do a hot wash after an exercise, talking through what they learned, what they can do better the next time, and why they failed where they did. When lives are at stake, evaluated learning takes on a new significance and importance. Effective business leaders know this too. It's why some meetings will be devoted to evaluating the last quarter or last year's results. Where do resources need to be retasked? Where do we need to allocate our best talent, our biggest financial investment, and our most strategic thinkers? Only with thoughtful and thorough evaluation can those questions really be answered wisely. After every event our team does, we ask three questions. What went right? What went wrong? And how do we make it better next time? I learned this model of evaluation from Andy Stanley, who, in my opinion, is one of the greatest leaders and communicators of our day. This evaluation model has served me and our team well for many years, and I highly recommend it to you. And if you're not aware, Andy has a monthly leadership podcast that is a must-listen to for me. Highly recommend that to you as well. 
Now, it doesn't matter what we're doing, whether it's a weekend service, a kids outreach event, a conference that we host, a community block party, a staff or a board meeting, even a brainstorming session. We can and should take every opportunity we can to reflect and learn from every experience. Evaluation is the way that we do that. The first question in evaluation is this, what went right? Now, no one and no thing should be immune to evaluation. If evaluation is how we get better, why on earth would we not seek out every way we can to accomplish that? I actively seek out feedback on talks that I give and sermons that I preach. Why? What's the value in hearing other people's opinions? Because feedback and evaluation can help me get better at what I do and how I do it. And getting better means I make a greater contribution to the team, to the organization, and to accomplishing the mission. Who wouldn't want that? Every great catalytic leader I know wants that. We begin with what went right. Now, this is our chance to celebrate the wins. Where did we see the results that we'd planned for? Where did we see positive results? Where did we see people step into what we invited them to be a part of? Where did we see them take their next steps? It's important to start here because celebration is easy to skip. But leaders know this is critical to motivating the team. Celebrating the victories is so important because it clearly identifies what counts and what doesn't. I love how Andy Stanley talks about this. He says, what's rewarded is repeated. You have to autopsy success. If you don't know why it's working when it's working, you won't know how to fix it when it breaks. Celebrate what went right. Celebrate the victories, the momentum, and the positive movement, and write it down because this is something you can look back to and look back on later, maybe in those moments when you begin to struggle and wonder, am I making any difference at all? You can go back to your wins journal and see, hey, you know what? Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. This is a helpful tool for a leader no matter your context. What went right? Celebrate the wins. The second question as part of our evaluation process is, what went wrong? What didn't go right? What happened that we didn't expect or wish had not? What glitches and missteps did we experience? For best results, evaluation needs to be recorded, not just shared audibly in words. I have a notebook that records what I'm currently learning. In addition, I keep articles and quotes and other ideas in Evernote. It's a rare moment when I don't have in my immediate possession something to write with and something to write on. It's especially important to capture what happened that you didn't expect. The law of unintended consequences is at play most when you don't see it coming. Capturing what went wrong helps the team to acknowledge mistakes and admit where more planning or different planning might have made a difference. It demonstrates to the team members that failure isn't a cause for screaming and yelling, and the mistakes aren't swept under the rug and ignored either. What we do matters, and it matters enough to call out and discuss what went wrong and why. Now, there's a very real trap here of letting ego get in the way of honest evaluation. If a leader is more concerned about appearing bulletproof in front of the team, 
Well, they're going to push back on any negative feedback that deals with them or their department or their team. Now, you have to deal with this directly and honestly. Evaluation is how we get better. And we have to be willing, all of us, to put our ego in check. And the best interest of the team, the organization, and the mission in first place. The last question in our evaluation process is, how do we make it better? How do we make it better? Leaders take notes. They record thoughts, notes, moments of inspiration and ideas. You never know when a great idea will strike. As Mark Batterson has said well, the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. I've lost too many great ideas because I didn't write them down and I couldn't remember them later. One of the things I look for today in potential leaders is whether or not they're a note taker in meetings and conversations. I want our team to get better at what we do. We believe our work matters and it's worth every effort to get better. And I'll bet you believe that your work matters too. Asking how do we make it better next time illustrates to the team the principle of continuous improvement. We never settle. We never stop with good enough because good enough is never good enough. We aspire to excellence, not perfection, because excellence honors God and inspires other people. Mediocrity does neither. Capturing the results from this question will help you in future planning to apply what you learned. Evaluation only helps if it's applied. Discussion of the evaluation notes as a team helps to make sure everyone is on the same page regarding what standards, actions, and practices are determined to be acceptable and what are determined not to be. Now, there are a lot of reasons not to evaluate. You might hurt someone's feelings. You might bruise an ego. You might say something that someone else doesn't want to hear. You might make someone cry. You might make someone quit. Someone might throw something at you. All of those are possible if you begin doing this for the first time. But I can promise you from experience and from the experiences of those I coach, the benefits of evaluating what you do far outweigh the negative. Your team will grow stronger. You will exercise those teachable spirit and humility muscles. What your team produces will reflect the effort you put into evaluation. You and your team will be the better for it, and your team and your organization will benefit. Now, before we leave evaluation today, let's talk about blind spots. I heard once years ago that every leader has an average of 3.4 blind spots. A blind spot could be something that a leader thinks they're great at, but in reality... Well, not so much. The problem with a blind spot is that you're blind to it. You have no idea it exists. There are a lot of things that I'm not great at, and one among many is my sense of style when it comes to decorating or clothing. I simply don't have the gift, the eye, or the sense for it. Left to my own devices, I would probably wear the same thing every single day. My closet would have four or five of the same shirts, and that's what I would wear. My wife, on the other hand, has an innate gift for decor and style, and what she touches reflects that. That's why she buys clothes for us, and I don't. It works so much better that way, 
and everybody benefits. So often, you don't know what you don't know. And this is one of the values of having a coach. Every leader needs a coach who can provide perspective beyond our own perspective and who can ask the questions that we need to hear and consider. It's hard to see the whole picture when you're in the frame. It's hard to get a clear, unbiased sense of your leadership strengths and weaknesses without a coach. That's how we identify and deal with the blind spots that we all have. Now, the goal is not to fix the areas that you're weak in. The goal is to be self-aware enough that you know where your blind spots are, and you can delegate to others who are gifted in those areas. If you have to deal with an area like that yourself, you at least know this is not your primary area of gifting, and you work toward being able to offload it to someone that is skilled and gifted in that way. John Maxwell said, to change means to choose to change. Choosing to engage a leadership coach could be one of the greatest decisions and investments you make to get better as a leader. I know it has made a measurable and significant difference in my own leadership journey. If you're ready for that next step, go to catalyticleadership.net and book a discovery call with me. I'd love to help you step into that next chapter of your leadership journey. Jim Collins asks, how do we know if we're improving? What do we mean by great results? We have to define what a bullseye is for ourselves as leaders, for our team, for our organization, and our mission. Too often, I've heard leaders in the social sector of nonprofit organizations and churches say, well, ours are spiritual objectives and we can't really measure what we do. I want to be clear at risk of offending and quote Jim Collins here, saying we can't measure what we do is simply a lack of discipline. Every leader in every organization can evaluate and ask, am I getting better today compared to yesterday? Am I moving the ball up the field on the goals and objectives that matter? What impact would be lost if our business, our church, or our organization ceased to exist? What are the key areas that matter most? What are your KPIs, your key performance indicators that you track monthly or quarterly? David Gergen said, It's easy in the leadership arena to confuse motion with progress. Busyness is not progress. Boy, isn't that true. I know a lot of organizations and leaders and teams that could not be busier, but they are not accomplishing their mission. Their calendars are full, but is that the metric you want to measure to determine results? Many times leaders can spot things that we need to stop doing because of a loss or a lack of momentum or results, but we have to look. We have to ask the right questions, and we have to be willing to act on what we see and what we learn. Leaders, our job is to move toward the mess, not ignore it, hoping it will resolve or go away on its own. It almost never does. Evaluation helps us do this intentionally and purposefully. So leaders, what's your next step with this? What do you need to take time to evaluate? Put it on your calendar and make it happen, whether it's solo or with your team. 
you will not regret taking action on this. In our next episode, we'll dive a little deeper into a weekly discipline that I've practiced for nearly 20 years now, the weekly review. It incorporates what we've talked about today, but in a much more detailed way. Hey, thanks for joining me on this episode today. As we wrap up, I have a request for you. I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And if you find value here, I'd love it if you would rate it and review it. That really does make a difference in helping other people to find this podcast. And second, if you don't have a copy of my newest book, Catalytic Leadership, I'd love to put a copy in your hands. If you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com, you can get a copy for free. Just pay the shipping so I can get it to you, and we'll get one right out. My goal is to put this into the hands of as many leaders as possible. This book captures principles that I've learned in 20-plus years of coaching leaders in the entrepreneurial space, in business, government, nonprofits, education, and the local church. You can always connect with me on LinkedIn to keep up with what I'm learning and thinking about. If you're ready to take a step with a coach to help you intentionally grow and thrive as a leader, I'd be honored to help you. Just go to catalyticleadership.net to book a call with me. And stay tuned for our next episode next week. Until then, as always, leaders, choose to be catalytic. Thanks for listening to Catalytic Leadership with Dr. William Attaway. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss the next episode. Want more? Go to catalyticleadership.net.